Hello, Internet. This is Neil coming to you, the recording made after the episode was recorded, with a couple points of clarification. Apparently, Hector and Isaac are in fact characters from Castlevania games, specifically Castlevania Curse of Darkness for the PlayStation 2. We apologize for getting this, this piece of information incorrect, but none of, the, none of us had actually played that game. I found this out later. All right, gentlemen, are we ready? We are ready. Commence with the whipping. <laughs> Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray, and I am joined this week by... The one true man. And... Uh, and... You thought that our Halloween month was over. It isn't. Ha ha! What a what a twist. Uh, no, we the episode we really kind of wanted to do two weeks ago was a review of Castlevania on Netflix, but it came to. out literally one day before we recorded, and that just wasn't gonna happen. So instead, we're gonna talk about it now. Um. Standard rules will, of course, apply. No spoilers followed by spoilers. That's right. No fast-forwarding to the spoilers until you have to listen to the non-spoilers first. Well, I mean, you can totally listen to the spoilers first if you really want to. Just it's, it's it'll be spoilery. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if you don't want it spoiled, you can still get our, our thoughts and concepts on it before going into where we just kind of geek over Spoil all the, the crazy F stuff that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but of course, we still have... Propriety and rules to follow. So we shall begin first with our geek news because we can't call it the week in geek anymore. Um, it's the week's in geek. The first thing that is worth pointing out is on October the 26th, when Castlevania Season 2 dropped uh, on the PlayStation Network, they also dropped Castlevania Blood. Uh, I think it was called Blood Chronicles. Now I can't think of it. Well, it's um, something or other because vampires. Yeah, ca yeah. Th there's <laughs> a Castlevania... There is now a Castlevania game, two Castlevania games, actually, on uh, the PlayStation Network. Yeah, they released a combo pack of Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night, which is considered by many to be the best of the Castlevania games, um, for $20 on PlayStation Network. Um, it's really solidly good. By the way, what is a Rondo? A rondo is a uh, is it's a type of it's a type of musical composition. If I recall correctly, it's some sort of a dance. I thought that because in Final Fantasy VI, Mog has a rondo. It's like water rondo or something. Yeah, and it's one of his dances. So I just I those are almost the only context I've heard that <laughs> word. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Internet. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. You heard it here first. Playing video Evidently, games. Rondo is a basketball player. No, wait, that's Raging Rondo. Your Rondo brain. is a French part equivalent, or, or and its French part recondite Rondo, R-O-N-D-E-A-U, um, has been used in music as a musical form. Um, musical form type. There we go. Yeah. Uh, typically a vocal musical form. Um, so basically, TLDR blood dance. Yeah. Rondo of Blood. Uh, it follows a specific uh, key, uh, key and uh, and chord progression structure. Yeah. If you want to get into music theory, then listen to a different podcast. 
but also a it is uh, used to refer to a character type that is distinct from the norm. Which is interesting because Rondo of Blood isn't is actually a pretty bog standard of yeah. <laughs> Castlevania game. <laughs> but okay, it's a, it's a word that sounded cool. Yeah, no, it so, definitely sounds cool and. Castlevania has always had deep ties to music. Uh, you know, you know. Look at Symphony, Symphony of, of the, the Night. Night. Yeah, and their music has always been one of the kind of standout things about it. So right. talking about that makes right. sense. I can talk about Castlevania a lot, and probably will be during during this episode. So let's go on to other news. Mike, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> just. Uh... Just this weekend, uh, BlizzCon, uh, beginning weekend, I think it was... BlizzCon, by the way. BlizzCon is a completely different kind of con. <laughs> Pretty sure I pronounced it with a Z, but... I heard S's. Well, anyway, Blizz... <laughs> BlizzCon? Um, there is a Warcraft 3 remaster coming at the end of December, or... Well, they, they're saying by December 31st, 2019. So basically sometime in December of next year, and they're kind of hedging their bets a bit on when exactly that will be. But uh, it's like it's more than just the kind of HD up res that StarCraft uh, remastered was. Um, the uh, It's going to be they're doing all new voiceover. They're completely updating all the graphics. And it, of course, includes the expansion. Uh, Frozen Throne, so it's the full package there. Uh, they're already doing, <laughs> which by the way, just as an aside, I want to point out how stupid this is. The whole concept of pre-purchasing. You have the privilege of giving them your money super early. Like, I get when there's like some sort of like carrot involved, or just a pre-order where it's just a few bucks to claim your, you right. know, to put your stake down, but... Uh, you get the thing. Well, the thing is, the thing. we're talking about digital distribution now. There is no limited amount of the game. It's just you just right. download the data. Right. So well, it's do, yeah. There's not really a pre-order anymore, but they still want to have this like pre-purchase thing. It's like what? Like why would I give you my money now to get nothing and then right. get it at the same time everyone else does? Right. There's a few cases where they're like, hey, you have early access, blah blah blah. Like you know, there's some little right. carrot there, but. I didn't see anything like that on there. It's just like, hey, give us your money. Right. And, you know, whenever it comes out, it comes out. Right. Even if it's I mean, delayed for a month or three months with, or six months. Right. Even with Fallout 76, if you pre-order it, you get it on the, on the beta. Yeah. that I mean, Which I, is really not a beta but a stress test, but that's beside the point. But And then, you know, that's a whole other topic of uh, how silly I think it is to pay game companies to help them make their game. Oh, that reminds me. There are new, yeah. there's news about Fallout seventy six and their beta and how it was kind of a laugh fest because it's a Bethesda release and every and Bethesda can't release games for shit. Uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm stealing Mike's thunder. You mean like in an unbuggy or unplayable state? Um, the short version. Yeah. If you attempted to pre-download. Oh, I see. Um, I already know where you're going. Fallout seventy six. <laughs> Um, and it downloaded, um, and you attempted to launch it before their countdown timer said it was ready to be launched, the Bethesda launcher would instead delete all of these downloaded games game files and re-download. So you just mean the actual like mechanics of getting it, the technical stuff. Yeah, but it was th this was made worse by the fact that they screwed up their servers... And the game was supposed to be ready to play, be play on a Friday at some specific time Pacific. Yeah. However, it 
their servers apparently set it for eight hours later some sp that, that day Pacific. So when everyone went in to launch the game as the, as the countdown timer finished so they could be the first people into the beta, it deleted all their si save data <laughs> and then they had to re-download a like 100 gigabyte package. Wow, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you know he's an expert because he's wearing Fallout sweatpants. Just, you know, just so people know. <laughs> he's an expert on the subject. I mean, I'm not going to play Fallout 76, <laughs> but I've been following the news on it. And yeah. Yeah, no, I really like the Fallout games. I just don't like the kind of game that 76 is. Right. Which is a which is a semi-multiplayer, semi-massively multiplayer online right. survival game. So anyway, Warcraft 3... Reforged looks pretty awesome. Um, I, I'm not going to pay full price for it though. Yeah, there, I mean, it's it's 29.99. They're wanting 30 bucks for a re a redone game from like 2002. I mean, yeah, I mean it'll with, be great with new graphics and such. I could see I could see paying 30 bucks for that. But yeah. I still have my old copy of the of the disc for Frozen Throne, so I'm just going right. to play that. Which, by the way, people who have the original game can play with the people who are getting the new version of it. And that's part of the whole idea with the whole Blizzard's Cla Blizzard Classics game division or whatever they call it there, the dev team or whatever, is basically like uh, making sure that people that play the older games can still play them and having the whole Blizzard ecosystem be a thing, you know? Blizzard uh, does esports does e pretty well. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... There are many things that I could say bad about the company and their business practices, but they do esports pretty well. Which I'm sure most of them probably uh, started happening when they became Blizzard Activision. Yes. Yeah, gee, what a shock. Right? Very, very yes. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, by and large, uh, I, you know, I've, I've liked all of Blizzard's games and stuff, but it's like, because of the whole, like, um, the whole positioning, like, games as a service and loot boxes and all this shit. It, they, they pretty much in, created the entire loot box phenomenon with and, Overwatch. Yeah, and, and root in the whole real money auction house clusterfuck and Diablo 3. Yeah, no, they, they've really, like... Yeah. There have been problems with, with Diablo, <laughs> with uh, Pathfinder, with Path... Blizzard games <laughs> for a while. If I can make my brain I, I, I make the say, right words. I will say this, though. Um, despite the Pandora's box that they unleashed with the loot boxes, uh, you can play Overwatch and just play the game and ignore the loot boxes, and it's a really good game. And you don't have yeah. to spend anything else. You don't feel like you have to or anything. Yeah, the, the real problem with loot boxes is that it's very predatory to a small subset of people who have compulsive gambling tendency problems. Yeah. Um, to whom ignoring the loot boxes is a lot is, like, way, way harder and can instead, like, prey upon them. And that that's Here, the problem. Here's the way I look at it, though. Those those types of people, um, I mean, you have, like, you have physical casinos, you have sports gambling, you have online gambling. Like, they're going to do a thing. That's so true. I don't think that the necessarily the, that should alter the entire yeah. business model. That's fair. The, the, the difference there is that uh, Real-world gambling is regulated. Yeah. Digital loot box gambling use. is not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, that, and therein lies part of the moral conundrum of it. Right. Like, I, I, I don't, like, there is a way you can do loot boxes right. Yeah. But 
it really hasn't been done right. You've done right. Here's that. the way I look at it. I, I would agree in so much as you have to be careful because a lot of the a lot of the games um, are games that kids are going to be playing. Yeah. And there's the whole aspect of potentially marketing stuff towards kids, and then hey, look, it has a gambling component. Yes. Which is very bad. That is also another. Now, you need to, you need to at least get something for the money you're putting in. Now yeah. here's here's the 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 other. That's other, another potential problem. Yeah. My other way of thinking of it is, I mean, of course, that is a, my big giant caveat with the neon sign is we have to be careful about that because that is not cool. Yeah. Uh, the But my other thinking on it um, is that it's, um, I, I, have, I take the, the libertarian position on this, which is that, you know, um, I don't feel like, I don't feel like the regulation or legislation involving it's really going to help. Um, I feel like people that... When this become as this is becoming a more of a uh, more of a, more of a thing that is more like it's more common people are people are learning about it even per partaking if they choose. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there's going to be more options. There'll be more competition. There'll be more information about it, and people can make their own mind up as to whether they want to support a particular company, buy a particular company's game because as we've seen. This has bitten companies on the ass and hurt them in their pocketbook, which is where the change actually happens. Look yeah. at this. Look at the Battlefront Two issue. They got all greedy and thought it was so brilliant, and then they got this massive backlash and massive bad PR, and they had to change all this stuff and try to like, mm -hmm. you know. Now you know. The the only the only like that that is a good argument. Yeah. The only downfall to that argument is, if I want to play a Star Wars game. The only option I have is Battlefront 2 and its loot boxes. And admittedly, the loot boxes got quashed in that one pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. But. Because of the yeah. actual backlash and not some regulation. By yeah, the well, it helped that also there was regulation uh, that was considered in Europe. That was additional pressure, sure, but, uh, that, but was, in, that was where the pendulum was yeah. already swinging. But in any case, the, the, the problem there is that if I want to play X game. Mm -hmm. Typically, I want to play that game, and I don't have another option that is that game. There's a monopoly. You mean the IP? Yes. Right. If I want to play a game set in the Star Wars universe, I have to play a, an EA game, and EA is going to put microtransactions in their game. Um, so that that that's where. I mean, if if just playing the game was problematic, to then I would I I would start to go down that line of thought, but. <clears throat> you, it's not just because you can still, just because it's not as convenient or quick. If you don't buy into that, doesn't mean you can't play the game and have a good time. Also, if you want it to, if you want there to, if you want the license to change or or whatever, mm -hmm. then you have to not buy. You the have games. to not buy the game. Yeah, and that and this goes back. This is a circular thing. It goes back to my position on it, which is okay. That might suck, but you have to suck it up and make the choice to not buy the thing or do the thing, mm -hmm. so that the thing can actually be a good thing. Right. I agree that it sucks where we, we find ourselves in these situations where it's like, you know, EA or whatever crappy, you know, company. They've oscillated, but generally they're pretty crappy uh, with how they do things, you know, has the license or whatever. It's like, well, you know, you got to kind of let here's them. Here's the other side of that. Here's the other side of that. Um, there are multiple. Like, I, you shouldn't say the other side. There are many well, sides yeah, to this the opposite, argument. This, here's the opposite <laughs> side of that. Exact opposite of that. As companies get more power, they are going to lobby to have the regulations changed in their favor so that consumers 
are regulated more than they are. What do you mean by consumers being regulated? Well, okay, for instance, um, EA as, as a... Um, it, it's like the whole... There are some... Uh, and this is, this is... Like, if you do certain things, you are suddenly uh, committing libel. Where you cannot speak ill of a Star Wars game or complain about a thing because that becomes libel. It's only libel if it's in print. You mean it's and you're doing it on a forum. <laughs> if you're doing it on a forum or something like that. Where, or, you know, games are a service, so it is perfectly legal for them to take what you've paid for. They start changing the rules. Yes. <coughs> and um, to, or, or to say, well, we don't like what you're saying, you no longer can play this game. Right, or you no longer, you know, you can serve, you know, or you can, basically your assets are forfeit, you have to pay a huge fine, etc. for saying things that you, just like, um... Well, that's not a, that's that's a, that's a highly unlikely doomsday scenario, Ben. However... Not to mention that's not going to be good for them financially when they start doing that. Yeah. If they get, if they get to the point where they can quash that type of thing, because if you don't regulate it, someone else is going to regulate it. In the absence of something positive, something negative will develop. The, the, the quote that I wanted to go back to was that there needs to be, that, there, that, um, is a, is a line from Jim Sterling, which is... If the game, if game, if the games industry doesn't begin to regulate its own shit, governments will step in and do it wrong. Right. Uh, so yeah, no, don't don't take it the wrong way. I'm all for them, you know, being uh, reasonable and ethical. Yeah. And yeah, you need over, you looking need over to, their own stuff. Yeah, you need to not be a dick. Which again, uh, I mean, I I feel that just reinforces my position on it, which is the government will. Do a bunch of stuff that is inefficient and crappy and has bad, unintended, or sometimes because intended it, consequences. Yeah, but because when it comes to the when it comes to the digital age, the government doesn't know anything. And you talk about all the lobbying and stuff, and it's like, well, keep that in mind. Whenever there's this regulatory stuff, it's going to be like a uh, like a Google or Apple scenario where it's like, oh yeah, the rules apply to everyone else except us, the big guys who give them all the money. Right, so it's exactly. like you might think, hey, it's great, we pass these regulations, but then like EA, like a couple of big companies. We'll just, you Didn't know, we have Geek News? Just yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just... But I, I think We've been talking for 17 minutes. We haven't even gotten to non-spoilers yet. Right? Well, yeah, it, it's something where, you know, there, there needs to be some common sense. Yeah. And I, and well, this is a whole episode. Yeah, this is this this could be a whole episode. We'll, we'll need to table this for later, yeah. and I'll, and we'll need to... Most of, most of the news... Yeah. I mean, that was one of the biggest news things, <laughs> anyway. There's um, there was some teaser of Henry Cavill as uh, as Geralt of Riviera. It looked okay. It hadn't been... It hadn't gone through post-processing post yet. Is it... Is it... Rivera. Rivera? Rivera? I thought it was Riviera. Riviera is Whatever. Like, Rivia. Rivia. Oh, Rivia. Whatever. Geralt of Rivia. The Witcher. We're bad geeks right now. I played the first <laughs> Witcher game for a little, and before I got very tired of it, because apparently the first Witcher game isn't actually all that good. Yeah. It was a good proof of concept, and then they really stepped up with Witchers 2 and 3. And the, the general consensus is that the sequels are a lot better, yeah. but it, the first one is still regarded positively, just not like... It's like it's a good game. I so. bought it on. It's a I, great game. I bought it on GOG for twenty bucks, and it, yeah. I didn't feel like I wasted my money, but I didn't feel like I was really right. like mm-hmm. getting a great deal either. So right. Anyway, the the, the he appeared for four seconds yeah, like, in costume. 
And people lost their collective minds because it didn't look exactly the way they wanted it to look. Because, you know what, it was a very brief screen test that Netflix decided to leak. And the funny thing about it is, that is the desired effect anyway, because it's, <laughs> it's at the stage where any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, people are if, This doesn't look like, the one I, like how I want it to look! Well, good, maybe you should keep, keep bitching about it so that everyone looks at it so they see just how wrong it is! Yeah, it's like, well, basically it's the whole phenomenon of, like, one, each uber nerd, like who is actually genuinely upset about this. Um, and I'm sure it will be wrong ultimately because it changes so much between now and release. Yeah. No, uh, it, they're going to talk to, they're going to like shout their, their megaphone out and it's going to be like for every one of those people, there's going to be like 10 or more people that are like, I don't even know what the hell the Witcher is. Let's, let's see what this thing is. Yeah. And then everyone knows about it and this all has free publicity. My, my only complaint about <laughs> that whole costume was that it didn't look like the wig was properly settled on the top of his head. Right, like this was just—it needed slightly cast. better. He needed yeah. slightly better wig fitting, which you know what—that yeah. can be done. Yeah. Well, what this struck <laughs> it's almost me like there are professionals <laughs> dedicated to this kind of thing. You think? Yeah. <laughs> well, what this struck me as is let's see how the makeup works. Yeah. 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 This was a first test. This is. Yeah. This is. Yeah. This, this was, was. It was a screen concept. test. Exactly. That's exactly like it was a screen test that hadn't had any digital after effects d uh, uh, done to it, which. You've got to do a fair bit of because getting the eyes right with contacts just contacts just isn't as it's yeah. not as easy as just doing it with a computer later anymore. And that's the thing. It's like people have to realize, you know, a screen test is just that. It's just a test. You're not gonna try a thing and be like, oh, it's perfect. Everyone can go home. Also, right. can I he just... walk? Can he walk in this costume without half of it falling off of him? Yeah. Yeah. Which apparently the answer is yes. Well done. <laughs> Well, and Any other news? Because <laughs> this, this is the, the, the photo where the makeup artist goes, okay, I need to fix this and this and this. Right. We I need, need to, uh, Oh, yeah, there's supposed to be a scar over his right eye, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was another thing I'm sure they're raging about. There wasn't a scar. Yeah. I looked. But it's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, they're actually looking and hoping right for eye, left eye camera, which eye that so. don't add up, that don't look right, because that's the whole point, is they're, they're yeah. studiously taking all this down, they're going to address it all. Netflix but just decided to also release it as a four-minute video on Facebook. Because why not we, why not whip the geeks into a lather? Yeah, it worked. Good job. Yeah. Any, anything else, Mike? Um, <laughs> speaking of remasters, there's a medieval remaster that's been announced, which is uh, a yes. classic uh, PlayStation game. Which I've heard is good. I might buy it on my PlayStation. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Elder Scrolls fans, uh, Merc Meyer DLC trailer released recently. For Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and that's... The Argonian uh, homeland? Yeah, yeah. The, um, I think there's another... I think it's a, it's like a dog person race. Did I... Is there some kind of dog thing going on there? Um, I heard something about doggos, and I wasn't sure what that was about. No. Maybe people are mixing it up with something else. I'm not familiar with Khajiit or cat people. Yeah, that's the closest I can think of. Oh, well. Khajiit race is only, is only mammal race. But, uh, yeah, that's... Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody released in theaters. I want to go see that. I haven't seen it yet, though. And, uh, of course, Red Dead Redemption 2 released recently. With a 90, with a 90 gigabyte download after you put the disc into the drive. That's like, that's like a theme, apparently. It's the whole... 
You know, you're talking about 100 gigs earlier. Well, I mean, (laughs) big games are big. Yeah. And these days, honestly, most of it needs to be installed on your drive anyway. Yeah. So you don't actually put all that much on the disc. They, there's a reason everyone's moving towards digital downloads. It's primarily because that way you're not limited by what can go on physical media. Blu-ray discs can hold a lot of a, a lot of data, but they and can the, only hold the other so much. Reason is they don't have to give a bunch of money to a middleman like GameStop. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. sell direct. Uh, yeah, and, um, oh, uh, speaking of classic games, um, the, the PlayStation Classic, which is the PS1 cutesy console, you know, it's, it's turn, apparently, uh, is going to be, uh, releasing on December 3rd, and, uh, I really don't give a crap. It's $99, yeah. and it's got 20 games, and, like, at least half of the games are, like, meh, or if you never heard of them. Yeah, um... I'll just give a quick breakdown here, because I got it handy. Uh, there's Battle Arena... Toshida, Toshinden? I'm not sure how you pronounce that. But it was like one of those like Virtua Fighter era, like very primitive 3D uh, fighting games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was big, it was popular at the time. Uh, cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy 7 is one of the few notable games. The original Grand Theft Auto, which great from a historical perspective. But all, not all that great a game. Yeah, I it's played not it. that good. There's a reason the franchise took off on the third game when it went yeah. 3D. Uh, Intelligent Cube with a Q? No idea what that is. The original Rayman uh, mm-hmm. game. Jumping Flash. I was like, I've never heard of that game before. <clears throat> yeah, me neither. Ridge Racer Type 4. Uh, Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid, the original, so that's yep. another good one. Mr. Driller, which is apparently like a super fun puzzle game, I think. It looked fun. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, Oddworld. Oddworld Aims Odyssey, Odyssey, which was, is... Yeah. Which, there are a few good standout games, Resident but the Evil problem is... Cut. Yeah, the problem is a lot of the games aren't good standout games. Exactly. And some of them I don't even think age that well. Super Fi- F- Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo's good. Uh, Tekken 3, mm-hmm. that was pretty good back in the day. And Revelations Persona is it is good because it was the first of the now highly, highly popular Persona games and was actually pretty good in, in its own right. Okay. Uh, the first Wild Arms game. A lot of firsts for long yeah. franchises, I've noticed. The things that the things that everyone has pointed out as missing in these is no Crash Bandicoot game. Yeah. No Spyro the Dragon game. Oh well, I can tell you why. It's because they both just got ma- yeah. massive remastered they, they have releases. Remasters they want you to buy on all PS4. That sh- yes, you know, I know. Stuff too. <laughs> it, I, I understand it from a logical perspective, but the thing is, those were. Those are games that people think of when they think of the PSX era. That, and they think of the Final Fantasy games right. that released on that yeah. on that system and Metal Gear. Yeah, which, by the way, I think the real solution here is just don't do it. Don't have a PlayStation Classic. It yeah. is not necessary. But if you're remastering all the notable stuff anyway, just do that. But nostalgia is so damn big right now. See, I think they're miscalculating. It's not gonna. It's not gonna sell as well as they. No, it really isn't. They missed the boat. Like the the NES Classic. Not to mention, the soup, and the, even in the, the SNES classic, to a lesser extent, is kind of lightning in a bottle. Like it was a big thing; everyone lost their shit and got it, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Not to mention, PlayStation packs. games are a lot easier to get your hands on in the third, in the second party market. Yeah. Than a lot of the games on the NAS and, and, and SNES classic. Also, right. if you have a PlayStation Two, which a lot of people still have. Right. You can still play those games exactly. on your big TV. Yeah, there's not as much of a need for it anymore. Yeah, the SNES Classic and the NES Classic, you have problems where the actual physical media 
are becoming more and more scarce, especially as right. collectors pick them up. Like it's hard. Yeah. You, you know how expensive a copy of Final Fantasy Six, well, three is on SNES. It's like fifty bucks just for the just for the cartridge. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of these games you just they're already available. Like. Yeah. PlayStation Network Virtual Console, like yeah, you, know. you can get them in a number of other it's places. Like, hey, five bucks and it's yours. The other thing is that Nintendo has created a very good market for their mini consoles. In yeah. that their their um, their Virtual Console and their e-releases sucks. <laughs> yeah, really bad. <laughs> Nintendo and online have had a very uh, yeah shall we say, troubled relationship for over a decade. Indeed. So, but yeah, that's, that's basically all I got. Yeah. Um, and we've been talking for like 30 minutes, and we haven't even gotten to the concept, to the topic at hand, so we might have to give equal time to non-spoilers and spoilers. We'll so, see. Spoiler of the week? A man is a, mis- is a miserable little pile of secrets. But enough of that. But enough about that. How about, How about you? you? <laughs> um... <laughs> So, Castlevania Season 2, initial thoughts. Really good. Yeah. Um, I was very... I, I, I sat down to watch a couple episodes last week, because I had forgotten we were actually going to do this, do this episode. It's like, yeah, I'll watch a couple episodes of, of Castlevania, see how good it is. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that was not my intention going in, so... Make of that what you will. <laughs> I watched it in two sittings. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it was very well done. It was a very good story. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, to me, novel length. About, the, you know, to me, it was about, it was a, a plot that would have fit into a good novel. I would love to see a novelization of this. But. I, I played the video game version. It's pretty good. <laughs> I have problems with the. Lack of characterization for Alucard. Well, I can explain part of why that is. Uh, we can get to that in a bit, um, because that's kind of spoilery. Yeah. But um, I, I, do, I don't think it was flawless. I think it was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were some pacing problems in the second act. Yeah. Um, if you consider the entire series as, as progressing under a three-act structure, structure um, I feel like the second act had a little bit of pacing issues. But um, overall, I quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who is a pretty heavy um, Castlevania fan, even though I was about to say Final Fantasy, um, this had a lot of really great stuff in it for someone who can pick out that, oh, look at that! Hey, it's that thing! Yeah! <laughs> it's the thing from the thing. Yes. And, and for me... And there will actually be a post on our Facebook uh, page... Um, that li- that shows a number of the uh, of the things that are referenced. Yeah. See, and coming at it coming at it from only playing the game a little bit, mm-hmm. just looking at it purely as on a story arc level, mm-hmm. it still held up. Yeah. I, I didn't have to know the game. In no, that that is that is very game. much worth saying. Yeah. You um, do not have to have played the games at all to enjoy this. I think if it weren't animation, my dad would probably like this. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the highest pieces of praise that I can give to geek things, is my dad is not a geek. Right. Um, I love my dad. I know he listens to this podcast, but 
you're not a geek, Daddy. I'm that's sorry. A, that's a litmus. That's a, that's a litmus <laughs> test for a really good poly thing. It's like, would your dad, dad would like it? it. Yes. <laughs> would my dad, dad watch and enjoy this? I think yeah. he would. Yeah, it's more for anybody. Um, <laughs> so one thing I, I one thing I, I do have to really commend it on is the fight scenes. Oh yeah, the so fight scenes good. are really well done, and they're I'm, they're like <clears throat> watching a well choreographed. Fight scene by like Jackie Chan, yeah. or you know, or or any you know, or a Marvel fight scene. This actually yeah. allows me to mention a couple things that I noticed about the fight scenes because I rewound a couple to watch them again. They do some really great editing and audio tricks to actually make the fight scenes feel better than they than they actually like. If you watch the fight scene muted. It is a it is actually a different experience mm-hmm. because like one of the things that, that happens pretty regularly is you hear a strong multiple combination attack mm-hmm. where you hear like five or six blows land on screen you only see about two punches get thrown mm-hmm. but it, your brain just fills everything yeah. in else in because it's moving fast right mm-hmm. and so it feels better it, it, that's just a really kind of cool animation and editing trick that you can do yeah because. I'm not saying the fight scenes are bad. I'm saying they're good, and this is what, and this is one of the reasons why. Right. <laughs> well, it's all about the medium. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's different way levels. cheaper to not have to animate all seven of those punches. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but also, the, speaking to the audio, um, a hit that does a completely ineffective hit had a very different, flatter sound yep. than a than a hit that. That did something, which right. is very reminiscent of the games, right? So I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was good. It's very, very yeah. Um, it's it. It is very pretty animation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pseudo anime esque, kind of, but not really. Yeah, because yeah, you don't, don't get to call you it. You don't. Well, it's 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 high level animation. It's not realistic. It's like. It's like Afro Samurai. Afro Samurai was drawn in a sim- in a semi anime style, mm-hmm. yeah. but not really. It's more right. like it was an anime influenced style. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, exactly. What I was gonna say it's more like it's anime influenced rather than just anime style. Yeah, right. Because we we never get the exaggerated facial, you know, from an, like, like you get you know big eye small mouth yeah. uh, type yeah. thing. Uh, everything stays within proportion. Yeah. Uh, Except for the whip. The whip just kind of oh, yeah. okay. is a variable length whenever he needs it. The whip is it. like Spawn's cape. Yeah, okay. It's he like just what he needs to do. Yeah, in TV <laughs> trope, it's called cheating the cape. Yeah. Where the whip, the cape, the sleeves, whatever, is exactly... Batman's cape is a good... As long as it needs to be, that's the, yes. That's the, that's the yeah. trope namer, right. uh, is, is <laughs> cheating the cape for Batman. Yeah, yeah. It's um, as big and voluminous <laughs> as it needs to be for the scene that, it's, that it is being used <laughs> exactly. in. Exactly. exactly. Um, when yeah. he's running around, it's small enough it doesn't get in the way. Right. When he's posing broodingly, it's like three times as big as he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, oh, Batman's crouching. Time to grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you, you, there's a point where Belmont's using the the, the uh, Morning Star, the, the Morning Star, the, the, and at one he, point he gets a whip up. He gets the uh, actually second whip upgrade from the game. In case people care, yeah, he gets a whip upgrade. Easter egg number one. Uh, <laughs> 
But, you know, at, at one point, it's like, you know, maybe eight feet long. Next thing, he's falling, you know, and it's like 60 feet long. It's, it's a battery. It's, you know, and he apparently can control it with his mind, but it is magic, so maybe he can. Yeah. Well, yeah, or, it, or he whips it around something, and, it, and then if he needs it to come, it undoes. But yeah, it just flips his wrist slightly, right. and it comes on, and it magically untwirls around the post seven times. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's as long as he needs it to be, and he has as much control over it as he needs. Although I did go as is dramatically necessary, necessary because there are times when he when right. his whip fails because that's what it needs to do. That's what right. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not what he needs is what the scene needs. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is actually controlled by the script. Uh, so, um. but yeah, there. Uh, but was that was I thinking along those lines? Uh, he has. Fight, fight, fight choreography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are times when he uses the whip like Jackie Chan in, in uh, was it uh, Hammer Style? Uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, Shaolin Meteor Hammer. Meteor um, Hammer Style. He, which the only example I can think of of a time he did that was with a horseshoe and a rope in Shanghai Noon. Yes. Um, uh, he does it in uh, he does it in another movie. Uh, it's the only one movie I can think of. Yeah. Yes. No, he does it in an older movie. Yeah. Uh, no, it, I mean, good at it. he knows how to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, meteor hammer style because there's a point where you know he's got that thing wrapped all around him and he's fighting somebody. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that's what you do. You wrap it around yourself to be able to essentially whip it off of yourself very quickly and create spin and twirl. Right. And on the topic of the the fighting and uh, mainly the the one giant fight scene we're talking about. Um, yeah, because there's really just there there are two. There's like two a couple. Major fight there scenes. there are I can think of actually though there are three. Four. Okay. Let's see. One of um, it's debatable because some of it is just basically. You got the one at the wagon. Wanton slaughter. It's not a real fight in some of these scenes. Uh, the one at the camp. The camp? Uh, I was gonna say the one at the camp. Uh-huh. The one in the library, uh-huh. the one where our heroes are in the castle. Okay. And then the one where the villains are fighting each other in the castle. Yeah. Which I count as a separate fight scene, because technically it right. it, it it starts and then the heroes show up and then everybody fi- and then the heroes fight everybody. Right. Which okay. I guess is maybe a minor spoiler, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's. Well, yeah, the, uh, there are two oh my gosh, the heroes the and the villains have a fight. Well, no, the villains fighting each other is oh, maybe yeah. a spoiler. Eh. Uh, uh, also, um, this should have been a geek news. It was reported by IGN about three days ago that it has been renewed for a third season. Sweet. Unlike Good. Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Right. right. Uh, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, too soon. And, oh, also. A little bit. Yeah, too soon. It's, <laughs> it's the whole Firefly thing. Um, okay, so. With uh, with that, the two side antagonists, the two human antagonists. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, they stole the show. Very yes, they, yeah, they the, so stole the that. guy and the other guy. Yeah, they were good. Isaac and Hector. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they aren't Castlevania. They're, they are original characters to this thing, so I don't know who they are. <laughs> oh my God! Well, Isaac so well is an easy name to remember because it's a yeah. biblical name, and mm-hmm. it's very you know, and he's a very biblical, biblical character. Yeah, <laughs> was, he the, was he the black one? Yeah, the, the self-flagellate. Yeah, okay. yeah. Who? Well, he was. He he, he would flagellate anybody. Um, which <laughs> sounds dirty, but that's his fighting style. Is let me rip you apart with his belt of studs. Yeah, spiky belt. Um, yeah, it's very. Uh, but poetic. yeah, those two, those two stole the villain show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even stole it from Carmilla. Carmilla was really good. 
Carmilla Carmilla was, was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to her in season three mm-hmm. because they, they, they she's, she's totally well. going to be the primary antagonist yeah. for season three. Absolutely. Yeah, they love, they. Well, I don't know. It's it's between her and some other and someone else, which we'll get to in spoiler territory. There are other, there are people in the running, but she'd be the obvious choice. Yeah, she would yeah. be the obvious choice, but I think it would be a three pronged. It, it's villain versus villain versus kind of, good it's guys. It's a bit of a toss up because there are things about the structure and like number of characters and their circumstances that are untraditional. Yeah. In how they portray things as far as like oh, man, I protagonist and antagonist and everything else. Sorry, I just realized yeah. I get to use Castlevania music for the interstitial. <laughs> off of OC remix, so that'll be good. Nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah other general, other general thoughts uh, about the. Um, show. So okay. they they introduced a bunch of characters that really didn't appear in the games, and they were all good. Yeah. We'll get, my f- there are things more that can be said in, in right. a bit, but yeah, okay. what, one of my favorite side characters, totally inconsequential, but ate up the scenery with voice acting. Godbrand. Godbrand. Oh yeah, Godbrand was great. Godbrand reminded me, and it may have been the same actor, reminded me of the Russian in Armageddon. Nah. <laughs> no, Voice because wise. that was Jean Renault. I know, but that, no, no, that wasn't. In Armageddon? I'm pretty sure that was Jean Renault. No. Am I insane? You're insane. Uh, <laughs> I could have sworn. No, because he does, he does that kind of character. He does that overdone Russian accent. Uh, but for a Viking, yeah. Godbrand sounded very smart. Yeah, I know it was Peter Stormer. Yeah, and, and cause oh yeah, Peter, fucking Peter Stormer. <laughs> no, like I can't. Like, what he the was, hell do I know him from? Really, really well. Peter Stormer. Oh yeah, no, he was he was the uh, he was the the lead. Um, he was the lead nihilist in, in the Pit Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he does... Uh, he's Swedish, which makes sense, but he sounds Slavic. Yeah. He sounds very, very... Sounds very Russian. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know? He also and played a minor role in John Wick, too. Uh, yeah, he was... That voice affectation reminded me of FPS Russia when you said that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I miss FPS Russia. Uh, yeah. I am missing FPS Russia. It's good. It's good, what, it's good program. Good, what's good program? Uh, yeah, my Russian accent. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, yeah, I love the... That's another thing I like about it is that, um, like you said... Godbrand was, in fact, played by Peter Stormare. <laughs> no wonder... <laughs> So yeah, I, I I nailed his voice. <laughs> there there may have been general pacing issues, but as far as like how they rolled out new characters, I feel that they sprinkled them in pretty much just right. Yeah. Because it's like they got to kind of like shine the spotlight around, and you kind of got well. It's mainly the writing, I think. Yeah, because no, the like, it was really well written. You have a character yeah. show up. You see them, they say a few lines, you're like, okay, I get the entire essence of this character. Yeah, and that's I, I, really difficult to do. I can't exactly. believe you they fucking over picked his voice out. Over and, yeah, over and over and over again, they did that. Yeah, oh yeah, because Godbrand was very much, you know, it, it, not, only, not, only in, not only in what they said, but with other, what other people said about right, him. Because right. yeah. Carmilla's line of there's, you know, there's very few things he hasn't tried to, uh, tried to eat, are, drink, or sleep with. No, it was, he, he, the line was, because I remembered this one because I thought it was great. Yeah. Godbrand, there, there are only so many things you haven't either tried to kill, fuck, uh, or, or turn into a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't like boats. I'm a Viking. I like boats. <laughs> I'm a Viking. It's what we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was she was consistent about it because later on she says something similar. You know, you try to kill it, eat it, or fuck it. Well, the, thing, the thing about that is, it's it's a joke line, but it's also not a joke line. Yeah, right. Because, because like that is a microcosm of what it means to be a vampire is. Hey, whenever you became a vampire, you're essentially frozen in that mindset forever. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what it was. It, hey, you're a Viking, great. You're going to kill a bunch of shit, fuck a lot of shit, and make boats. Right. Forever. Because <laughs> now you're an eternal Viking. Yeah, you're the eternal Viking. They don't like pig blood. Gives me the shit. So there, I said it. <laughs> I said it. I don't like pig blood. <laughs> That's my fight. Oh, uh, we should really be spoilering this. Yeah. Spoiler tagging. Well, these, are, these are one-liners. I don't think they'll be. They'll yeah. Be they are out of but, context. They are funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carmilla, by the same token, very complex character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you could see her twists coming from a mile off. You just didn't know how. Yeah, no. When she walked in, I was like, oh, hey, this is the person who's going to do things I'll mention in spoilers. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there, so... Curse you sudden, but inevitable trail. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's even really sudden. Yeah. No, well, no. Yeah, we should probably transition. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and just transition into spoilers. It was good. It was good. The, Watch it. The voice acting is well... It's well written. The voice acting is good. Well Apparently, Ben just knows the voice of Peter Stormare. Uh, <laughs> let us proceed. So there has been some music that I've gotten off of OC Remix from Castlevania. I know I can do this because Castlevania has a really good soundtrack and has been remixed all to hell. Um, I've got a couple of their tracks that I just downloaded because I like Castlevania music. So there will now be spoilers. Um, so Carmilla. Yeah. It's curse. almost... It's, yeah, curse your sudden, but not... Yeah, what yeah, inevitable betrayal. betrayal. It's... You're it obvious, was, but in, obvious and inevitable because as soon as she yeah. shows up, her circumstances are showing up. You know, you're late. <laughs> yeah, and she walks in like a freaking. Um, it's gonna bother me if I can't think of it. Um, Mike, you, you, World of Darkness, uh, the Ventru, I think. Ventru, yeah. Yeah, she walks in like a goddamn Ventru. Yeah, the, the vampire clan that runs shit. Yes, basically for yeah. the initiation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, 
Hello, hello. I will be your scheming. I will be your scheming person in the shadows for this season. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then gets and then sets straight to work. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Does it? Yeah. And, and to the point that even even Dracula is going. Shut up. Come talk to me. You know. Come talk to me in my chambers. Yeah. Well, he it was she specifically uh, provoked him. Dracula exactly. says a no, like people say this a number of times in the series, and it's very true. The entire season has been Dracula's longest suicide note longest to the world. Suicide yeah, note. that's what Ian <laughs> Card said. Yeah, and that was that was dead on. And, and, and Carmilla says it about was, it too. Yeah, I think I think the actual line that uh, the way Ian Card delivered it was uh, the world's longest suicide note. Yeah. Yeah, and Carmilla says it too. You don't. You're not planning on winning this war. You're planning on dying. Yeah, yeah. and it was true. That was his whole yeah. thing from the entire beginning. Yeah. Right. And I want to. I am sad, and I want to die. But I also want to be as mad about it as possible. So well, and, and fuck the world. Well, also, remember in this, the first season, the beginning of it, he's like, "You've got a year to get your affairs in order." But really, it was for him. Yeah, right. that's why he doesn't admit. Right. Right. I've got a year to raise he an army. May not even admit it to himself. I mean, granted, that was it was obviously the logistical stuff of hey, I got to raise an army and do my thing. But right. a lot of that was just like melodramatic. Well, you know. and the thing that sold that though to me was the first of all the the animation acting that they had with Dracula's posture and and movements and right. facial, but also the voice acting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You could just, so you know, I'm tired. Yeah, Dracula yeah. is really tired throughout the entirety of this series. <laughs> yeah, and he manages to convey that Which so Which is funny, because he barely well. leaves the castle. Yeah. 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 And, but it, much. And it, which also begs, beggars the question, he was tired when they fought him at the end there? Right. Uh, yeah, because he's still a badass. Yeah, no, it's, there's a reason he is the lord of all vampires. <laughs> right. But I loved Alucard's line. It was like, you couldn't take me last time. Last time, I was alone. <laughs> you know? Cue the dramatic reveal. Yeah, yeah cue, the, cue the dramatic entrance of the other two. Yeah. I, Speaking of, by the way, Sypha totally like carried the whole team on her back through most of the series. She did. She was, like, she was the mother. She was amazing. And, well, and she, well, it's and like, it, okay, yeah. you guys are having difficulty killing these two guys. Okay, fire magic. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, Giant. well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to use my magic and bring Castlevania right, right here. here. Right. Yeah, I'm going to do what no one else has made. And not only bring it here, but fight the engines that want to keep it where it is. Yes. Uh, it's worth. It's it's also worth noting the uh, the other side of that is the the reason she was able to do all that and be in a position to do all that is because Trevor Belmont. Yeah. yeah. She would have been a still a stone statue if it wasn't for him. This is true. And if it wasn't for his family's decades, it's like oh, centuries it's centuries of knowledge. It's a stone cyclops. Okay, I gotta kill it, and then I gotta like what would he do like. Blood on things, or yeah, I, I can't remember weird. exactly how he unpetrified stuff. Oh no, it's just whenever it dies, anyone that it specifically petrified becomes unpetrified. Yep, which yeah. was also how you got Sypha in the game. yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, they also yeah. completely just left out the thief character, which I, I'm, I'm kind not, of disappointed about. Well, I'm not having watched the game, the play the game, <laughs> watch the game. There was I'm a not, thief character whose name I can't remember. He was very unremarkable. Yeah, like well, probably why they didn't put him in. of <laughs> of the three side characters that you could pick, he was the hardest. He was the hardest um, mode. Yeah, 
Um, because Alucard could f- turn into a bat and fly, and Sypha killed everything in her path. Right, which she uh, did pretty, pretty spectacularly. Yeah, I feel like they really honored the character. Yeah, no, no. They, they, they definitely got the characterization right. Yeah. The thief could walk on walls. That was his. He could climb walls and ceilings. Right. Which was useful. But, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Right. But outside the series. Um, <laughs> see, Sypha, yeah, she didn't... When she unloaded, she was artillery. Yeah. yeah. You know, and... Uh, but she, you're right, she did carry the two characters because she was the mother to their explicitly stated two teenage boys. Yep. Right. You know, two teenage <laughs> brothers who were fighting each other, yeah. That was one of the best lines, by the way, is when she was talking to Ayukard, and Ayukard was like there are explaining other yeah, how he like weird. aged super fast because of his half vampire heritage, and she chuckles and she and he's like, What? And he's, she's like, Oh, well, that explains it. You're a teenager. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I'm that, paraphrasing, but that's teenager. basically what that, she that line was really great too. Like there are other books under my, underneath my bed, and I grew fat and I grew up fast. What's that meant to me? I was being literal. I literally, I, I actually aged faster than a normal person. <laughs> oh, so that explains uh, yeah. it. The, in, the innuendo there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that explains it. Uh, you know, you're uh, you're not the only. Uh, uh, was it? Uh, Trevor's not the only angry teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and, and, and by the way, when he flips him the bird at the end. Yeah. So great. Yeah. So great. He was like, yeah. <laughs> And it was like, it was like you know you know he did basically you know Trevor's being cool you know and he's like yeah right fuck you <laughs> but, it, but at that point it was a it was it a was, fuck you of camaraderie yes yeah, it, it was, was a promise ball yeah. busting like, oh, yeah, fuck you man yeah, fuck you yeah and man the f bomb got dropped Carmilla Carmilla was like in love with that word. Yes. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> well, you know, yeah. we're we're, we're writing for Netflix. So you don't have to. You don't yeah. have to censor. But which okay, is good because so Castlevania kind of needs to be yeah. a yeah. little bit more grim, dark, and adult. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So speaking of Brela, speaking of what the fuck just happened when the Castlevania was at Brela and they were pulling it back. Yeah. Oh my God! You know, first it. Uh, Disappears and you think yes, and then it reappears somewhere else in Brela. <laughs> you know, just this poor, poor city, city of Brela. Yeah, imagine looking out your fucking window and yeah. it's just like, hey, what the f- yeah. giant fuck off castle here? Yeah. And and please yeah. don't land on us. <laughs> and I love how I love how Carmilla fucked herself uh, by having the the archbishop somehow bless the river. Yeah. And oh, then when the, to, when the yeah to, to briefly steal uh, steal and paraphrase Elaine from Morbo, uh, from uh, from uh, Futurama. Holy water does not work that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's actually been present for the creation of holy water. It's a very interesting ritual, and it doesn't really work in any way like they did in the show. Right, because he basically <coughs> blessing drops across it. And poof. Yeah, but um, but yeah, but then you know. It lands in the river and floods the town. You with know, holy water. With holy water, yeah. And so just all like, the vampires catch fire <coughs> in the water. Right. And of course, so do half of her forces and half of Dracula's forces. Yeah, she castle. doesn't care. Right. She but, is. Yeah. She is a very. She's a very ends justify the means character right. uh, villain. Right. She doesn't care who dies as long as, as she, she wins exactly. and is she is still alive at the end. Right. But I mean. <sighs> That whole you could see, <coughs> you could see her strategy. You could see how it worked. 
And I, for one, you know, until they start doing the, you know, it's like, man, how is she? Oh, that's how that's going to not work for her. Yeah, how does she lose this fight? <laughs> yeah. Ca- the castle leaves. Right, exactly. <laughs> how does she lose this fight? By, well, and it was not something that she could have anticipated. Yeah, no, this was, it, her plan was nigh on perfect. Yeah. Except for the spanner in the works that was Sypha. Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, let's say, uh. That was yeah, Sypha, Belmont, and and Alucard. So it's a unknown unknown. Is yeah. Right. Say. Yeah. <laughs> complete random factor to her. Yeah. Uh, but how yeah, are you going to? How, you can't plan for random. For, you can't. Yeah. yeah. You can't plan for someone acting as an outside force teleporting the castle away because Dracula gets kind of tired every time he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, one of the Easter eggs there was that the. The the uh, the dodecahedron that he used yeah. there is uh, the save points from Final Fantasy or from Final Fantasy Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Ah, um, okay. But yeah, and that was that was an epic battle, I, and I loved that whenever the three of them, whenever something important happened, all three of them actually contributed. Had, right, had something to contribute. Yeah, yeah, like that first fight was a great example of that. Yeah, you know, Sypha definitely you know mopped everything up, but. Yeah. He, she needed time to prep. Yeah, she needed a little time to prep, but when she was prepped, she yeah. was a fucking you know she was a fucking. Well, I love I love how they had the, the you know they didn't just kind of like go in there and just start swinging. They had a specific plan on how to make it work. Yeah, in, yeah. well, at the castle, I terrify them. Alucard mops up and um, or, no, you you uh, well, you, you support Alucard. The, yeah, you support and Alucard goes over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goes the top, right. So yeah, but even even in the even in the first fight. Alucard goes out to you know goes out to face them directly, while Belmont's coming around the side to flank those fuckers. Yeah, because and, and, and you gotta like how both of them pull a pull a brief Batman on Sypha mm-hmm. momentarily at the beginning of that fight, where she's talking to them and then they both just uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they yeah she's Commissioner Gordon for yeah. a minute there yeah. they yeah. notice something and then they both leave actually rather was, rapidly. See that was her being that was a Superman moment because Batman does that to soups all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, even with super hearing. But you know, how do you sneak up? I have X-ray vision and, and super hearing. How do you sneak up on me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, but it, it was it was very much you know. Um, it was very much them doing their thing. Yeah. You know, Alucard getting their attention is like, here, look at me! So you can't see, you know, Trevor coming up and, you know, and and uh, ambushing you from the side. Oh, your ambush just got turned into an ambush. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that, like, Alucard is the one everybody knew. Yeah. And the one that everyone was like, okay, we have to focus on this guy because he's the biggest threat or something. Well, sti- he really was, like... Aside from Sypha's magic, she, he is more the bigger threat than Trevor is. And not not even just from a combat perspective, but from the perspective of he's the one person that can get to Dracula emotionally. Right. He's the one person who can actually make him... Because what he did, essentially, is he didn't lose the fight. He let himself lose the fight. He threw in the towel. Yeah, Dracula was like, wait a second. Yeah, he... And, and, and he threw I, I really am right trying course. to commit suicide. Why don't I just let my son kill me now? Well, it was more... Even before that, like, he could have torn apart Trevor if he wanted to. Yeah. But he was tossing him around like a ragdoll instead. He wasn't... His heart wasn't really in it. Yeah. Yeah. He was just kind of going through the motions. (sighs) Yeah. Get out of my way. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't wasn't until... He's like, let me sulk in peace, damn it. Yeah. Let Let me me sulk in peace by destroying humanity. Yeah. Yeah. 
let me throw my well, my epic temper, temper tantrum before I die. Right. Um, but I think the okay the end of that fight with him and Alucard. In Alucard's room. In Alucard's room, when he realizes exactly what he's doing, because it was not only so much I am destroying my son, but I'm destroying everything that I loved about you. Yep. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing is that I mean, ultimately, the one thing, the one part of his wife that he's left with is his son, and he's like, "Well, if I kill my son, I'm killing my wife. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, like, this is ridiculous." Right. To the point where, yeah. And in a way, it's not even just that he wanted the pain to end, but he felt like, okay, well, I actually deserve to die because yeah. now, like, it really actually finally sunk in for him that he right. was dishonoring his wife, which is funny because obviously, uh, killing the entire human race, kind of dishonoring your wife, but considering no, the whole impetus for that was, was to make. Yeah, you know, humanity improve, not become right. extinct. Well, and, and there, but there was no one around to tell him that. Right. Uh, Which again is what I was saying about Ayukar. Like he's the one person that could snap him out of it, at least for long enough to have it resolved. It's like exactly. uh, to to have Mike's eyes glaze over here for a second. It's like how oh uh, Donna Noble stops the doctor from draining it. the Th- from draining the Thames in in when she's fighting the Sycorax. Right. Those are words. <laughs> <laughs> there are words. I understand them, but they're in English. Some of I them just... I understand are proper nouns. <laughs> <laughs> but context, I'm lacking. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, it, it's it's the reason I did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all good. Um, it, it's, it's why the doctor has companions. Yeah, uh, to keep him from going too far. Yeah, uh, because you go to Tenet, who without you can him, stop now. <laughs> well, no, you get Tenet, who who uh, who. Tenth Doctor, without a companion, mm-hmm. goes too far in regularly in, uh, in Mars. The waters of Mars. Yeah, waters of Mars. I'm the uh, last of the Time Lords. Fucked, fucked, fucked the timeline. Exactly. Fucked fo- fixed points. Fixed points in history. No. So, yeah, okay. and, but yeah, fixed points in time still win. But that's yeah. the same thing. Is is Alucard was was the but. Then you look at the. It was a companion to Dracula's doctor, though. Right, but then, or <laughs> actually, really one. weird. But in, in <laughs> but then you get to the two humans who were around him, mm-hmm. Isaac and Hector. Yeah, let's let's talk about them for a while because that they are like the runaway, yeah, like interesting part of the show that I did not see coming at all. And yeah, you don't you don't go into this thing. Apparently, you need human beings to create monsters. Yeah, because I evidently met vampires can be forge masters. Message. Yeah. <laughs> Your forge masters have to be human, which is which was very interesting. Right, which, which is why Carmilla didn't turn. It's a, it's a whole other it's a whole other layer of like for humanity to uh, be destroyed or whatever. Like it takes it requires human. humans to do so. Right, which of course is the whole core conceit is the the religious zealot crazy people killed his wife for basically no reason. Uh, and it's because it was an affront to God. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, and this is this is what really bothers me. I the, the show, like if you the, the show, uh, when you watch the entire show and all the context, it's fine. It, it and by the way, this is something I, I like about the show. It is it does not insult the intelligence of the viewer. Yeah. It trusts you to understand all these things, to understand the subtext, yeah. Yeah. the context. It was the Dark Ages. Science is is bad right but now. That's a, yeah. <laughs> Science well, is witchcraft. Yes. Yeah, I mean... And witchcraft is witchcraft. That's one of the things that, you know, um, that, that bugs me um, about the uh, just the ridiculous nature of um, some religious zealots and misguided people in those days is that there's actually been a long, rich history, even back to those days, of 
the church actually advocating science and, and having scientists mm -hmm. making scientific discoveries. And of course, a lot of that was because society as a whole was just run by the church. Like, mm -hmm. there were, you know, like... But if it's not church-sponsored, then it must be of the devil. Well, if, it, if it's not actually... It, it gets down to, to, to different things. But yeah... The also, it doesn't church. help that that bishop was just, you know, well, a monster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and when you <laughs> insane, get but. When, yeah, when you get into it, I mean, the church um, in in real history, the church advocated science, but science only science that it liked. Right. Um, the fact the world was round that was okay because you could prove that shit. Right. But the Earth not being the center of the gal of the of the solar system, yeah, that it was took not a while for them to come around on that stuff. Galileo and everything, exactly. Like, that because so they they looked at it from a from a dogmatic perspective in the sense of like, oh well, God, God is everything. God created us, therefore, and we're made in His image. Therefore, we're supposed to be the most important center of everything. Oh, this indicates we're not, and we're just a part of this moving piece. That is that is offensive. Therefore, it is heresy. Right, and I think that I think they got that right in this in this sense. In that, you you know, you are doing things that we don't understand. Therefore, we, equaling God, right. are not the center of all things. Well, and a lot of and a lot of it, and and you see this a lot in how they portray it is, a lot of it is it's the individual in question. Exactly. And often that individual happens to wield a lot of power, like the archbishop, mm -hmm. and um, it kind of goes back to that that first scene in the church when that monster. Mm -hmm. uh, kills him like right before the little solo, uh, soliloquy that the monster gives and he's like God isn't in this house it's just you <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and, 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 it, and it kind of you know it, it makes the distinction there of like what what Christianity is supposed to be about mm -hmm. and what they're actually saying and doing and advocating and because they're, yeah. they're basically putting themselves which by the way um, totally inconsistent with the actual teachings of Christianity the Bible and everything they're, they're raising themselves up to the level of God yeah, yeah. you're not God Right. Well, you don't get to act and speak as God. You're just the church. You're just a person. You're just a human. Right. But when you look at uh, you, there's uh, the Pope's mitre or the Pope's the Pope actually speaks as God. Uh, there is the inscription on the Pope's mitre is "I am as God," um, because the church, you know, in in Middle Ages, the church. It's like the whole reason that Rome is well, the center of the Catholic Church mm -hmm. is because they had two of the apostles there. So they had where they were considered to have more of the apostolic. Well, you also have to keep in mind that the that the Pope is only speaking for God when he actually explicitly says that he is, when right. he is explicitly speaking ex cathedra. Exactly, right. exactly. exactly. A lot of people so, and there there like is there is that, that ignore distinction. that distinction. Yeah, no, the, the Pope doesn't isn't always speaking for God, but when he says he is then he is. theoretically he has. Right. And the obvious joke there is whenever he has his Pope hat on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, that's you have to put on always, your Pope hat. He always has the hat on. <laughs> right. Well, that, that goes with the big hat theory of leadership. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy in charge. Go that's, the guy with the, the uh, that's why Gilgamesh Wolfenbach in, in Girl Genius has such an impressive hat. <laughs> so, There's but, a you know, cut. it was. But you're right because on the one hand, you had the bishop. But on the other hand, you had holy power, yeah, blessing the river, you know, basically, you know, uh, was uh, combust vampires. So there was holy yeah, power. Well, holy water is really, you know, it's supposed to be bad for the for, for the forces of 
Evil. Evil. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Right. Well, and I love that whole uh, Godbrand's <laughs> God whole thing about... I don't think water would kill me. <laughs> you don't think poison would kill you either, do you? It's like, how would you know you've never been un under running water? Uh, <laughs> implying he's never taken a bath. They right. take baths. Really? Because <laughs> I feel like that was a line, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. yeah I did say that. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you did that? <laughs> By the way, century. <laughs> I, I loved um, Isaac's surprise, at least to him, kill of Gotbrand. He just totally clowns him, and it's like Gotbrand. And but they did such a good job of establishing his like arrogance and recklessness. And it's so fitting that just, I don't want to say regular human, because he's a very unique individual, but just yeah. a human being just kills him after yeah. centuries. Because, well, because Godbrand made the mistake of, you know... Betraying on him. Well, yeah. of, of showing well, the fact that he was disloyal to Dracula. Yeah, literally yeah. and figuratively turned him back. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, it was, again, it was that spiky belt, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he definitely did a great job of murdering the fuck out of a number of people with the spiky belt oh, yeah. and, and, his, and, and his uh, magic and his magic dagger. On that bit at the end of the Oasis, how baller was that? Oh, my God, yeah. So suddenly so Isaac is the villain. You know, goes from... Yeah, well, he gets to be the villain, yes, for season three. That, that was the thing you were going yeah. into. Yeah, so well, I, it was... It, it, Isaac went from being the the ultimately loyal servant and that was a great scene with him and dracula yeah. so you would you would uh you know you would sacrifice your mortal life for my immortal one you know and and his his reasoning was sound yours is the genius of ages i can right. and dracula's line then i only regret that i take the choice from you yeah. fling yeah. <laughs> go know? through the mirror let's <laughs> <laughs> fling you a thousand miles away because Although I feel like he could have picked a better location than the middle of a fuck-off desert. But that's where Isaac was from. Well, yeah, but it's still a fucking desert. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was ambiguous how much control he had in the moment. Because <coughs> right. he was just doing a thing spontaneously while a bunch of shit was going Maybe. Yeah. Still. Even Dracula may have limits to what he can do on that's the right. street. But I, I just, that to me was one of the, one of the most human defining moments for Dracula. Yeah, the thing that, that Castlevania both seasons have done, has done a very good job of is taking a kind of cartoonish, one-dimensional villain from the video games. Right. Castle, Dracula is Dracula. He wants to he wants to Dracula everything. Right, yeah. exactly. And turning him into a complex um, and... Uh, and what is what relatable character? Re well, not even relatable. Sympathetic villain. Sympathetic, yeah. Like yeah. no, he is doing horribly monstrous things, but you can kind of understand how he got there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like well, it's like it's this, it's this. To the point that uh, other humans are willing to side with him. Yeah. Well, no. Dra Dracula's um, Dracula's experience that you either see or hear about is implied on the show. It's this. It's again. It's a microcosm of humanity and history where it's like. Dracula, it's like this cyclical thing where it's like, he'll accumulate all this knowledge and all this stuff, and it looks like, hey, we could really do something with this. And then humanity is a dick. And he's like, well, screw this. Mm -hmm. And then something happens, and maybe he tries again, and then humanity screws everything up again, and he's like, well, screw this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's this weird dark savior thing where it's like, oh, hey, he could potentially improve the human condition, but humans just aren't quite good enough. Right. They're just not quite there yet. Right. And then it gets to the point where, you know, his wife is murdered, and he's just like, well... I guess that's the end of that. I'm going to stop trying. And not only that, they don't even deserve to exist. Yeah. 
And it's like, why don't I just go ahead and kill everyone, and well, then and the we'll, other thing, we'll start over later. Right. Well, here's, but this is the other thing that, that only Godbrand seemed to pick up on. What's that? Dracula was also condemning the vampires to death. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which is funny, because he is kind of a meathead in general. Well, right? it's, well, I, but but in, was, in a way, because he's a meathead, that's why he has the insight. Because he's like, all he cares about is killing, fucking, and making boats. Right. Therefore, he's like, well, wait a minute. If the humans are gone, I don't get to eat humans. What right. gives? Right. Or I'm kill them, or make boats out of them. <laughs> <Right>. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and even Isaac, and I think that's the thing, is, is when yeah. you get to the totality of their approach. Isaac was still somewhat sympathetic to humans. And Dracula... He was the one with the hammer, right? Yes. Yeah, he, he was like, well... We, no, you mean Hector. Yeah, Hector. Hector. Yeah, Hector. Because yeah, he wanted a cull. He wanted humans... In camps, mercifully, you know... Yeah, he wanted them to be livestock. Exactly. Where Isaac was just like, kill them all, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Isaac was nihilistic. Well, well, he was nihilistic because he was... He, he was nihilistic to, because he felt that there was too much corruption mm-hmm. and humanity could not be saved. Yeah. Was the undertone that the was yeah. the basic undertone? That which is essentially and Dracula's ideology, which is why there's yeah. Simpatico. Mm-hmm. right? Whereas, uh, it's just Hector, interesting that that's coming from another human. Hector right. was Hector was more along the lines of we can't save ourselves. We need someone to control us and lead us. Yep. He still believed in Dracula. He's he just believed. Some, in a, I believe in Dracula. <laughs> he, well, he, You're way too good at that. <laughs> I he, believe uh, in Dracula. It's, it's ambiguous as to whether, because they, they, they talk about Hector. Uh, Carmela talks about Hector as like a little puppy and stuff. And it's ambiguous as to, um, did, did he, was he really that naive that Dracula would be like, okay, sure, we'll just, we'll do your thing, we'll call and not totally destroy it. Or did he just, did he trick himself into believing that? Because that's what he wanted to he, believe. Yeah, I think. I think. I think it's the latter. That's I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, deep I mean, down he knows it's not going to work, but he has no other direction, and that's what he does. So he's like, "All right, well, let's, yeah, let's try." And, and maybe you know, almost that idea of maybe I can get him to the right place. Yeah, the ultimate. Yeah, <gasps> the ultimate fixer upper. It's like mm-hmm. I can change him. Right. Exactly. Good luck. Yeah. He's Dracula. <laughs> Although right. I will say, to be fair. Um, Dracula's wife actually changed him. Yeah. yeah. Like, for a while. Right. Like, he was working. The reason it. that he wasn't there when she died was because she had told him, okay, I need you to go walk around the world for a little bit. Right. So you see so what you it's can, like to be human. So learn how to human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, which fed right into Carmilla's argument. Yeah, Carmilla was a stone cold manipulative bitch. I oh yeah. yeah, I'm looking but, forward to her in season three. But another her, thing that I'm really looking forward to is season three mm-hmm. isn't going to be based on a video game, right? Because they finished Castlevania three at the end of season two. Right. There's nothing more for for that plot line to do. Right. Right. So now they have a wide open playground for like the next three hundred years until we get to Richter. Which, right. by the way, that was something that surprised me about <laughs> the show is. There's eight episodes in season two, and season seven, or sorry, season seven, episode seven, mm-hmm. was winding down, they killed Dracula. And I'm like, there's a whole other episode. Where are we going with this? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, 
I, I, I know they'll do wrap-up stuff, but a whole episode? And then I kind of, as I watch the episode, I'm like, okay, I see. they got to take a little time to plant some seeds so in that you case, they can whole, get a season three. Yeah, so you got yeah. a whole world going on. And they did a damn good job with yeah. that. And by the way, uh, despite the merits of Ayukard, you know, doing his thing and making it possible, it also is interesting in the sense of, like, you didn't really think this one through. It's like, yeah, Dracula's dead, great. There's still a giant fuck-off undead army, and a lot of people can easily start leading it again. Yep. Right. The world is still in a pile of shit right Dracula now. is not the only vampire. Yeah, it's not, right. it's not a panacea. You can't just... It's not one of those, yep. oh, you so, kill the head vampire and everyone else dies. So right. now we get... Uh... Uh, Belnades and Belmont off to uh, yeah, off for and, their and, and I like how they kept that going and it's like we're not done yeah you know yeah. And, and I don't get top s- billing no because you're driving the cart <laughs> <laughs> I love how she is just as arrogant as he is mm-hmm. in her way yeah just different way yeah know? in in her own unique and of course way. I think part of it too is that just that she's like she's speaking his, his language yeah she's like she wouldn't his chops. she wouldn't normally be uh, have that approach as much if it wasn't him that she was interacting with. Exactly, exactly. And I like how they how they walk that line between the inevitable romance and they're just very good, you know, they're Yeah, it's like you can see it's probably going to happen at some point, but it's not just like conveniently contrived to the end. Oh, all yeah. of a sudden we're romantic now. And it's like, well... Yeah. They're affectionate toward each other, but not... But in a platonic way. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's kind of like, I mean... Brother and sister. Yeah, or, exactly. It's like a kind of a mentor, mentee, brother, sister kind of, you know, one of those platonic things going on there. Exactly. And, and this, in episode eight, is the only time we actually see Alucard break. Yeah. You know, because it, it that very it ends, well. That's that's the end of the show. It's it, him it crying in the chair, him. right? Yeah, him sitting yeah. in the chair and being like, he has a time for it to sink in because he's not. My mom and my dad are both dead. Yep. And I killed my dad. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it, like, I, I and they did a they did a good job with as little material as you could give Alucard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. Making it like. He didn't really want to kill Dracula ever throughout the entire series. He just agreed that it was necessary. Exactly. Right. <coughs> well, it, yeah. <clears throat> and he, he was the one who, who summed up the best, you know, the world's longest suicide note. Yeah. yeah. Bloodiest, longest suicide note. Um, Which is funny, by the way, because um, that's another thing that is kind of, you know, hinted at and explored is... Uh, Dracula, he does all this stuff, he raises an army, he's taking over all this territory and whatever, he's killing all these humans, uh, but all of the power and strength and everything, that's weakness. Yeah. Everything about it is just weakness. Right. It's him not being able to keep his shit together and get over the fact yeah. and honor that, that, she's, that she was killed and that she didn't want any of this. Yeah. And he yeah. knows that she doesn't want any of this. Yeah. So it's like... But that's what's so funny about it is that it's like all this all this posturing and all this hey you know we're ushering in the age of vampires and all this stuff of course that was you know propaganda he just you know is because my wife died and I'm sad but yeah you need to me but yeah it's like that's the thing you know at the end is that like you know well it's it's, it's kind of a um it's a it's a dichotomy there where it's like him quote unquote winning and like winning the war and everything is when he's losing and when he's weak and when he when he allows himself to be killed, that's him actually having the strength to do that and honor his wife's memory and all that stuff. Like yeah. this, this him remind- giving up is actually his show of strength, which is yeah. counterintuitive. He was never as he was never as powerful as. When and he was then, here. right, 
Alucard killing him allows me to reference something else that Mike won't get, which is, <laughs> I used the knife. I saved the world. God forgive me. And I'm still trying to find remember the changes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to hear it in the innate, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah when, when Harry kills. When Harry off. kills. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's a whole thing about that in, in, a, in a Jim Butcher thread. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things of. Because, and, and of all the people, it had to be Alucard. Yeah, it had to be him to kill him. Um, and, and I think both Dracula and Alucard knew that. Mm. And so did Belmont. Yeah. Well, Dracula, um, even at the very beginning, he maimed him and then just stopped. Yeah, no, Dracula actually, totally could have just killed Alucard in the beginning of the series. Right. Yeah. But no, he didn't kill him. He let him... He just put a nice big gash across his face and sent him in a torpor for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and But I, then also there was that whole scene at the end where Alucard, you know, this place will be my tomb, and Belmont going, no, dude, okay, look, as above, <laughs> so below. You've got this big fuck-off library, you got my library... You, Congratulations, you're now a librarian. Yeah, you are now a librarian. He was like swatting him with the newspaper like, bad dog, stop being emo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not your grave, it's your home, get over yourself. Yeah. We'll come visit from time to time. And I think it's fair... Our kids will come visit from time to time. I think it's fair that Trevor kind of sets him straight on that because Trevor, he, he, he is the last of the line in his entire family and legacy and reputation. Everything has been taken from him. Yeah. So it's not like he doesn't know anything about, like, loss and loneliness and stuff. Right. You know? yep. Yeah, and I love the line earlier on in the library where Alucard's, like, just realizing you had a worse childhood than I did. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's, and your dad's Dracula. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I think that right there was the moment that sealed the companionship between right. all of them. Is yeah. Alucard suddenly realizing the legitimacy of who Trevor Belmont is. Oh, there's a reason he's... He's a drunk. A drunk. <laughs> yeah. Like, because Prozac hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then at the end, I, I love how Saifa uh, basically sums up as like, you know, when I first met you, you smelled of blood, piss, and beer. And stale beer. Since then, you have not, you know, you have been a better person. Because he had a purpose. He had a reason. Yep, he had right. a life. It's almost like when you're when you do the thing you're supposed to, that you were born to do, you yeah it makes yeah. you happy exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I think that was I think that was it throughout the whole arc what created it. And of course, Saifa being who she was, she was also digging this. I mean, and she points out, man, you yeah. know. I, I love this. I'm not ready to stop doing this. I'm having too much fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, horror and mud and blood and, and blah, but this is fun. I like and, killing monsters. Yeah. This is fun. Let's keep doing this. Yeah. I think one of my favorite kills of, from her is in, in the castle scene, and she comes up to the one general... Puts her hand on his head and just... Oh, yeah. Boom. Burning hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she casts burning hands at max level. She, yeah. Cast, yeah, she, she cast burning <laughs> hands into him. Yeah. No, actually, no, in that case, she dropped a delayed blast, blast fireball down his fucking throat. <laughs> so, in, in any case, his, it was... His it was body a, was the material component. It was a very epic, <laughs> it was a very epic kill. Yeah. It was the most epic kill. 
It was uh, the kill she was going to do on Alucard until Alucard was like, okay, fine, you, you guys will do. <laughs> right. And then... You uh, kill him, I you will die. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then that was one of her most... Epic, of course, the... Uh, Actually, the, she said that, that he would be incinerated before the fangs could touch the throat, is what she said. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly, whatever. But, uh, I watched since I saw, watched season one. Yeah. I rewatched it right before watching two to refresh my memory. Right. So I just watched the summary. So the first summary's not bad. Uh, the the fight in the hall with Dracula. Oh yeah, that was interesting. Was all three of them, you know, and he throws that big old molten fireball at him, which is another iconic. Um, like that's one of Dracula's primary attacks from the games. Right. And, and meteor. Um, it's the Hellfire Fireball. Ah. Specifically. But I yeah, and then of course they. Throw it, you know, toss it right back down his throat. <laughs> um, well, I, I love the the speaking of the choreography there in that bit where it's like they they have to like they have to as a team. Yeah, like as a yeah, team, they have like, to respond yeah. a very specific way. And then Trevor braces against yeah, her. Yeah, like literally bracing her body so she can physically maintain the magic. Right, and, yeah. and then and, and then, then comes in and pokes it with a sword. The top. Yeah, yeah, basically adds. As his... so often, Alucard pokes something with a sword. <laughs> right. Well, and the Alucard well, sword's kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Okay, so well, by speaking of D and D terms, it's basically like the dancing sword. Like, it is. He just yeah. controls it with his mind, and well, that's act. Sorry, that that's actually a reference to the sword familiar from Symphony of the Night. Which you uh, there's actually a spell you can cast called Sport Sword Brothers where you actually get to control the sword for a little bit, and it's really cool. Uh, um, okay. And yeah, I only played like the beginning, so I don't really. I've played so the I've played the ever loving like I haven't played it as much as 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 uh, as my sibling, who decided to play through the entire game, with just fists. <laughs> wow! Okay. They beat Castlevania Symphony of the Night. In luck mode, which brings all of your stats down to one at the beginning of the game, only punching. Wow, that's okay. That's the so self-imposed challenges. Um, <laughs> and here is Dracula. There, there's a point where we see how many levels of badass Dracula actually had taken when Alucard rushes him from like two feet away, sword out, nails him up against the wall, and you think. That's it? Dracula's dead? And then it turns around and Dracula's holding the point of the sword between his fingertips. Doesn't have the fist around no, the just... sword. He's holding it between his fingertips. Yeah, like, I think it was just his index finger and his thumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah, it's like, it's like somebody least... pinching a bit of spice when they're cooking. Right, yeah, exactly. He's like, um, no. <laughs> let, let, us, let us point out just how deep the gulf between these the two of them is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Although Alucard does, I mean, fight through the castle. Man, I love that bit where he's like he's teleporting around and hitting him, and then it, and then he anticipates the move and just slams his head into the ground. Right. Yeah. Him. Catches that was him. So awesome. And then, and, and the, yeah, it's basically then, like one of those W E things where you yeah. like palm their head with your giant hand and slam them down on the ground. Oh man, yeah, and or or uh, another epic hit. Was when they're in the hallway and Dracula hammer blows out oh, yeah. the and the floor around him cracks. That's so awesome. Well, yeah, <laughs> and because you're dealing with people who have super strength. Exactly, and they they show that so well. And I they both they, have super strength. That's the thing. That's the thing. And I think I mean they actually did that better, I think, than any DC or Marvel cinematic film. 
You mean just the portrayal of the superpowers? In yeah, the portrayal of the portrayal of what happens when super strong hits super tough. Well, it's a little more flexible in its animation. Yeah, this it's a lot true. easier to do. Medium that. helps a lot. Yeah, yeah but it it does a it does a very effective job. And the, the castle, by the way, is a character in and of itself, and it's so it's such a great playground of destruction for the big final you know fight right. and everything. Yeah. The climactic. Right. I love how the scene. castle maintains its more its most iconic design, yeah. with that random. Spire that juts out from the castle and is like archi- and is like architecturally impossible. Yeah. Right, it's it's like it ripped. Its job is to be spooky, and it does its job. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and the, the when they were the, the only library. thing I I wish that they would ha- they that they had that they didn't have, and there was a clock tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but when they're fighting in the library and all the glass floating around them. Yeah, that was cool. Well, the whole thing was really damn cool. Yeah. But again, it, it comes back down to you have... It was the humanity of the characters. Mm-hmm. And the hu- two human characters that made the whole thing. Because, you right. know, Isaac kills Godbrand for betrayal. Right, yeah. Um, and Hector betrays Dracula thinking he's doing the best thing for him. Right. You know, and, and, and all the while, Carmilla... Is, is playing everyone against <coughs> everyone. Yep. Yeah, and, and totally, you know, and totally has no regard for any of the men around her. Are you on my side? Them. No, then you're a pawn. Exactly. And, the th- and the thing about it, too, is... Or for that matter, are you on my side? Yes, then you're a pawn. Right, <laughs> right. It's like there are, there are characters that fully know what she's doing and attending, but because of the circumstances, just can't do anything about it anyway. I mean, Dracula right. knows that she's going to betray him. yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't care. Yeah, no, he didn't care. He's like, okay, (laughs) well, I guess that's one way I can die. Right. At least subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. But it did, did, uh, overall, I mean, this thing portrayed a very dark, very painful world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It did did what I think uh, the Witcher series aimed to do as well. Well, this is interesting about the, the portrayal of how, like, well, even if, like, you, there are a few interactions where you just see humans humaning, and they're terrible. They're mm-hmm. terrible, terrible people. Yeah. It's like almost every single, like, as close as you can get to mundane in this show is just more ammo for Dracula's argument of they all deserve to die. Yeah. Which yeah. is what's so interesting about it to me, is that it's like, there's this tonal consistency where it's like, it seems to, like, goad you and cajole you into huge... thinking... Dracula's totally right, by the way. Right. Like, it's a huge crap sack world. <laughs> it's like right. everything sucks and everyone's terrible. Yeah. Now, there are a couple of obvious exceptions, like the heroes that are struggling to actually do the right thing, and right. some of them aren't even human. Um, but, yeah, it's like, by and large, like, the opening... Like, the opening... One of the opening scenes in season one, when he gets in... When Trevor gets into that bar fight, like, the average people are just terrible people. <laughs> You know, it's like... Yeah. I also yeah. love how he loses that bar fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... the But by the same token, it is a harsh world. And it, it kind of shows how people lose their humanity the worse things get. Right. But they can Which, also... by the way, that's the ultimate irony, is because Dracula had in his possession the means to make the world less harsh, therefore mm-hmm. humans would be less dickish, or at least, you know, to yeah. an extent. Right, they had uh, the opportunity to be less dickish. But then they already see the pooch, so wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. So it was a very good series. Um, 
the Facebook page will have a list of all of the Easter eggs and references because holy crap, there were a lot of them. Oh yeah. Well, um, the museum was a perfect. The museum, the museum yeah. was a museum to Castlevania games. Right. Um, like most of the Easter eggs were in the museum, because that's a great place to put them. Right. Because they're little, just pieces of set dressing that if you see them, holy crap, that's the jewel of open, and holy crap, that's the, uh, that's the double special attack thing. That, <laughs> yeah, it's the Godspeed boots, and those are all of Cypher's spell books from three and. <laughs> it's very reminiscent of the the collector's area in the MCU. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, look, kids, it's a giant room of, uh, Easter of references and the Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, including to apparently in um, in Infinity War, the guy from uh, oh yeah, the guy Arrested from Arrested Development. Development. Yeah, Tobias. Tobias Blue. Tobias Bluth. Yes, Bluth. Blue Tobias. Yes. Bluth. But still, he was, he was where in he there. blew himself. Yes. And was then, you know, Blue. collected. <laughs> yes, apparently. No, but um, <laughs> the Easter eggs in the collector's room are great. But yeah, the East, it, it's, it's, worth, uh, it's worth a look. And yes, I am trying to drive page, uh, activity to our Facebook page because, like, no one ever seems to comment on anything. See the things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're pretty much out of time. Yeah. This is, this I, am, I am very much looking serious. forward to, to Season 3 because... They get to go off the rails now. Completely. Right. Yeah, because they, they were they were obligated by where it was set and the material that they were referencing to make the plot do certain things in the first two seasons. Right, right. They finished the they finished Castlevania three. And then had another episode, and now they're gonna have another season. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do now that they have creative freedom. Yeah, I look at right. it as a, as, I look at it as a high risk, high reward scenario. It could right. suck. It's like because now you don't have a template that right. you know will work. Yeah, I mean they, they had a structured thing and they did the thing very well. Mm -hmm. But now it's like okay, now you have, you go off the beaten path. It's riskier, but that means you could do anything. And it could be so interesting. Well. Yes. They set up season three well. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased mm. with how they set the, the pieces into place. It'll be interesting to see them execute. Yeah, Indeed. definitely. Definitely. Uh, th again, they did a great job of storytelling. And like you said, Neil, they took a one-dimensional side-scrolling game. Technically, it's two-dimensional, the game is. <laughs> no, not not the side scrolling part. Yeah, the characters. Yeah, the character. I'm being I'm being pedantic. <laughs> yeah, it, they they took this very flat, otherwise two dimensional cardboard cutout of yeah. the game. Yeah, go here, beat Dracula. Why Dracula's bad? Right, exactly. <laughs> and built some very good. Story. They built a very they built a they built a very good world out of a very basic uh, framework. Yeah, they really did. They yeah. really did. Yep. So that was that. Watch, Watch the it. thing. Yeah. <laughs> In two weeks, we will talk about something else. Um, I've got ideas. We'll we'll discuss that later. In any case, in the meantime, this has been Neil, the one true Ben, and Mike, and we will talk to you next week or next time, I guess, because it's not weekly anymore on Geek Anthology. <laughs> this podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter O and the number fifty-nine. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week was The Bloodlined Bounce by Gario over at ocremix.org. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. We read everything. Also, feel free to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com geekfanthology for links to our Discord and regular updates. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website or a recurring uh, one at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. What is a man? A miserable pile of secrets. I think this was the spoiler of the week as well, but it's worth repeating.